something to the book of some, somewhere. <laughs> um, let's, let's go to uh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's look at... Um, Let's look at 2 Kings chapter 18. No, you know, you know what? Matthew chapter 17. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 17, and then we'll go to 2 Kings. Matthew chapter 17, we'll start with verse, oh, glory to God. Mm. Mm, no. If I do that, because I did that last week, didn't I? The last time I was preaching. I better not start there, because... I'm going to pull something else out of there, and we're going to be stuck right there. Go to the other one. Go to, <laughs> go to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings, or 2 Kings, I'm sorry. 2 Kings chapter 18. There is something i got to pull out of that other verse. Do not go to that other verse. I'm going to go there, but don't you go there. Oh, Jesus, help me. Help me, Jesus. Don't let me get stuck. So I'm going to read something to you out of the book of Matthew, chapter 17. It says this. It says, After six days Jesus taketh, with, uh, taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart, and he was transfigured before them. They call this the Mount of Transfiguration. So something supernatural, extraordinary. It was a, how many of you know that was extraordinary? How many know if you had witnessed it, you wouldn't miss a day of church? If you had seen what they saw on that day, I'm going to tell you something. There's something about seeing God do the extraordinary that makes you want to be faithful to be in the house. In fact, you will come on off days just to put your hands on the building, see if it's vibrating. You know what I'm saying? Check out, see if there's anything happening in there. <laughs> and, uh, and so, see, I'm already. Anyway, so he was transfigured before them. And uh, that's, that's extraordinary. When God does the extraordinary, it's impactful. It is life-changing. It's life-changing. Say this with me. Say, when God does the extraordinary. You could say it this way. When God does miracles, it's life-changing. Say, it's life-changing. So when God does the extraordinary, it is life-changing. Whether he's doing it in you, if he's doing it through you, or if he's doing it around you. There's something very impactful about it. But we as God's people, even when God is doing the extraordinary, we have to be careful how we handle and how we manage the extraordinary. We have to manage the extraordinary or the supernatural, not based on our own thoughts, our own ideas, our own feelings, but based on the Word of God, just like anything else. You know, your finances. You can, you can either handle your finances the world's way or you can handle it the Word's way. Your health, you can go about your health and you can do it the world's way or you can do it the word way. I was reading an article. I, someone had told me that Gloria Copeland had been uh, under the weather. She had been battling some kind of uh, sickness in her body. And then someone told me that she was battling dementia. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not. But do you know what? Do you know what the world says when they hear Gloria say she's battling with dementia. Oh, didn't she teach on healing? Isn't she the one that said, by the stripes of Jesus, she's healed, etc., etc., etc.? You know, the world doesn't understand living by faith. And living, when you live by faith in the Word of God and you live by the Word system, it doesn't mean sickness isn't going to try to come. It doesn't mean that disease isn't going to try to attack you. You understand what I'm saying? You know, the Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. 
I always like to say it like this. We were, we are, and we forever will be. If Jesus took 39 stripes on his back 2,000 years ago for my sickness and for my disease, if he did that 2,000 years ago, then it's settled. It's done. By his stripes, we were healed. Now, does it mean sickness doesn't try to come? No, that's not true. Because I was working on an airplane for 11 days. Just, uh, you know, we started that business. And I, I, I worked on that airplane. I knelt down on the concrete. I, I, I must have thought I was one of these kids at kids' church. I knelt down on the concrete. And I didn't realize that the padding in my knees was gone. Rick, you know anything about that? <laughs> uh, you know, something happens to your knees as you get old. I, I guess that's what they say. Now I'm claiming new pads in my knees, but until I get new pads, I went and bought some pads. Yeah, a little help never hurt anybody. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I thought you believed God. I do believe God, but in the meantime, I'm going to use some knee pads. But anyhow, I, I twisted... I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I was a kid in gym class. I went to pirouette on my knee and uh, something started grinding in there as I did that, but uh, ended up something in there swole up real, it got swollen. And, uh, and I felt like I didn't have the mobility. Now I thought, well, you know, now I've messed up my knee for an afternoon. You know, that's like a SpongeBob episode. Three weeks later. Three weeks later, and you know what? I was still having a, a, a time trying to, trying to bend that knee proper. Well, you know what? I got, I got out there. I've been trusting the Lord. And, uh, and you know, your body just naturally will. Uh, God built us where we, you know, your body naturally heals. But I'm also believing in supernatural recovery. Now, just because that happened, that don't mean that, you know, oh, you know, what he teaches is ridiculous. No, that's the walk of faith. Stuff comes that doesn't look like the Bible says is the stuff that belongs to us. And we resist it by believing the word of God and trusting what the word of God says. Listen, I don't go to my doctor and call him a liar when he says there's something wrong with me. My doctor told me, he said, dude, your borderline, your borderline sugar, your A1C is borderline, your uh, cholesterol borderline, your blood pressure borderline. I was like, yeah, I like to dance on that line. I like tacos. You understand what I'm saying? I like tacos. But you know what? I'm not going to sit there and look at that doctor and be like, no, uh-uh. No, you're wrong. Bible says by stripes I'm healed. Well, no, he's not wrong. There's something that's working in your body, working against you. That's, that's, that's going to happen. Storms will come, but you know why they come? They come to pass. Amen. 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 That hail didn't come to Oklahoma City and just stay here for two weeks. When storms come, they ought to come and go. Listen, if you've been in a storm for two and a half years, you're following the storm. The storm is not following you. And so these things come to pass. So 
We hang on to the Word of God. We believe the Word of God. Some of you, you believe that what you're going through is going to be forever. No. You know what? Even sickness in the body, God intended for it. In the natural, God intended for all sickness and all disease to be temporary. He never intended for it to be permanent. He built you to heal. Are y'all hearing me today? If God built you to heal you, you start talking to yourself and telling yourself, listen, you better line up with the word of God, body. God built me to get better. Amen. Thank God. See, I knew it. I knew I'd get stuck over here. <laughs> but extraordinary, supernatural uh, healing. Amen. Glory to God. You want to talk about life changing. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I better move on. So it says he was transfigured. His face did shine as the sun. His raiment was white as the light. Next verse. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with. Not only was Jesus there, but all of a sudden Moses pops up. Can you believe that? Jesus is there. Now Moses is there. Now, not only Moses, but Elijah. <laughs> Glory. Isn't that crazy? Uh, and they were talking with Jesus. Next verse. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. How many of you know it would be good to be in an extraordinary? How many of you desire for God to do the supernatural, to do the miraculous? Amen. Amen. Thank God. It's life changing. It's like you listen, first time you see a first time you ever see someone who was blind, their eyes open up and they see supernaturally by the spirit changes your life forever. Changes your life forever. The minute you see God open up a deaf ear, I mean the moment it happens, changes your life forever. And it don't matter how many times you've seen it. The more you see it, the more it changes your life. Because you realize how extraordinary God. Last week, in fact, we, it, this wasn't even an extraordinary miracle. But we had a couple people, I mean, on, uh, as far as miracles on, on the scale. But we had a couple people last time I was up here preaching a couple weeks ago that uh, they had back trouble. Uh, Nakia knew she had legs shorter than the other. Um, and Spirit of God came on those people, healed their backs, grew out their legs. And I'm not talking about it was just a little bit. I'm talking about it was, it was big time. God did something. And so supernatural. Some people had never seen anything like it. Eric was back there like this. Eric sent me a video like I'd never seen it. He's like, Pastor, did you see the video? I said, I saw it live, brother. I was, I was holding on to the legs, you know. Uh, but anyway, it, it, it's impactful. It does something. Uh, for, 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 your, for your walk. And it says, it says, Peter, when Peter saw this, he said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice came out of the cloud, and, uh, which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Next verse. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and, and touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. 
And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And so they saw this. And now notice, and I pointed this out last week, notice that not all the disciples saw what those three disciples saw. You know, sometimes, sometimes we all want to be witnesses to the exact same stuff that everybody else has been a witness to. Listen, I'm going to tell you, you can witness God do the extraordinary. But it may not be this on the same level or in the same way that some, you know, some people say, man, God gave me a vision. Then some people go to pray and God, give me a vision. Well, you know what? You may or may not see one. In fact, you really shouldn't pray for God to give you a vision. God chooses to give you a vision. If God chooses to give you a dream, some kind of supernatural uh, encounter like that, you know, uh, that, that's, 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 uh, that's according to his will. Let God do it however he wants to. You know, there's some people say, you know, uh, they'll, they'll hear me say, man, I, I'm, I'm looking over at you and I saw an angel standing behind you. They're like, Lord, show me angels. Well, you know what? You may or may not ever see an angel. You may or may not ever see a blind eye open or a deaf ear unstopped. You may not see some sort of extraordinary miracle, but God's going to show you some things that are specifically designed for you and to help you along in your life. And if you'll, but uh, like I've said in the past, you have to, you have to anticipate those things. Just because only a quarter of the disciples saw this didn't mean that all of the disciples shouldn't look to have that same kind of an encounter. Now, all 12, oh, I say all 12, uh, all 11 of them were there when Jesus came and uh, after he rose from the dead and he showed up in the middle of a building uh, where the door was locked. That's, that's supernatural. I mean, that's like a Star Trek stuff. He was beamed up and beamed down, yep. walked through a wall, however he did it. But all of a sudden, one day, one minute he's, he's uh, not there, and the next minute he's there. You want to talk about impactful. And most of the time, you know, like this one, Jesus is having to tell people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because listen, they'll scare the water out of you. Amen. The extraordinary sometimes will freak you out. I've had, I've had God show up where people ran out the building. Ran all the way home. They want to have no part of it. All right, some of you don't know nothing about that. Anyway, so here's what I want, here's what I want to point out to you about this. Is that when, when the extraordinary happens, we have a tendency to want to uh, build altars. And remember those places where God touched us. And sometimes we get stuck in ruts. You know, uh, uh, Ben said something that I, and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I'm not trying to take credit for it, but I'm sure he, I'm the one he heard it from. Um, because I've been telling people this for years. And, and uh, the statement is this. That the greatest hindrance to the coming move of God is the last move of God. The greatest hindrance to what God wants to do is what God last did. And for some people, the last extraordinary or the only extraordinary thing they ever had happen to them was they were born again. They got saved. Salvation. You know, that's a miracle. That's an extraordinary miracle, passing from death unto life. You know, there are entire denominations of people that that's the only encounter they've had with God. But how many of you know that's not the only encounter you can have with God? Salvation is only the beginning 
of the journey. The Holy Spirit coming into the heart of man, that's just the start. There's, I mean, there's another experience with the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit comes upon an individual. And the initial evidence of Holy Ghost baptism is speaking in an unknown tongue. Amen. That's a supernatural encounter. Your life will be transformed and changed again when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because that Holy Ghost baptism, according to Scripture, the Bible, the Bible tells us. In fact, uh, 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 I can't remember what book it's in. Titus, maybe? Is it in Titus? Is it you, Titus? Is that where that... Where it tells, it tells God's people uh, to, maybe, maybe it's not, uh, the, maybe, it's, maybe some of the, but it tells, the Bible tells us that we're to build up on our, build upon our most holy faith while we're praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Spirit is a, uh, a mechanism through which we develop a greater measure of faith. Well, how many of you know that if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you're not going to build your most holy faith in the way that the Word of God? Are y'all hearing this today? Amen. So there are certain things that are... Now, some people say, oh, no, Lord wouldn't do that. Make something available to somebody else. We just got done reading that three disciples saw something that the other ones didn't see. Some of it has to do with whether you're willing to let him lead you to those places or not. Whether you're willing to follow him to those places. I've, I've had people say this to me. Well, you know, that talking in tongues is scary to me. Yeah, but you went in a crack house just fine. You heard about people getting shot at the bar, but you navigated that parking lot regular. You knew dealing dope was dangerous, but you did it anyhow. See, some of you don't know what kind of church you just walked into. See, yeah, yeah, see, some of you, some of you thought, oh, these people, they just think they're better than I am. No, we came from the exact same place that everybody came from. Listen, some of you weren't scared when you slept with everybody and their grandmother. You didn't think nothing about AIDS. You didn't think nothing about syphilis. You didn't think nothing about her, but you didn't think nothing about that stuff. You just... You weren't scared of herpes, but you scared of tongues. Am I being too am I being too am I being too blunt this morning? Listen, all you was all you was getting was a little booty when you was doing the other one. You get the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking with other tongues, it opens up the whole realm of the supernatural into a life that'll free you from everything that this world are y'all hearing me today? Well, I'm preaching right now. Am I going to get a text from you, Marissa? Oh, okay. <laughs> Marissa usually send me a text. Be like, reel it in, Pastor. Reel it in. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to get you to identify with the things that, you know, we, we get scared of the stupidest stuff after we get saved. Some of you, the lifestyle that you lived before you got born again and before you came to church, you were always in a, in a, in a way of, you want to talk about treacherous. 
You lived a reckless and treacherous lifestyle. But now all of a sudden we tell you, you can have tongues with the Holy Ghost baptism. You can encounter God on a deeper level, on a level. Okay, you're born again. Wonderful. But that's not all there is. God wants to take you to a higher level. He wants to take you to a place where he opens up realms that you've never seen and never known, where you see God in a way that you've never seen him, where you encounter him in a way that you've never... You know how they encountered him on the day of Pentecost? There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them. You know what happened after they got that Holy Ghost baptism the Bible says after that Holy Ghost baptism Peter and John went to the gate beautiful at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried to the gate and they laid him at the gate daily at that temple to beg alms of them that went into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go uh, as about to go into the temple uh, asked an alms from them and Peter and John looked at the guy and said uh, uh, look at us and, and he looked at him he, he gave heed to them expecting to receive something from them and then what old Peter say Peter said silver and gold have I none but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk extraordinary supernatural miraculous life-changing so life to listen that was so extraordinary that 5,000 people got born again and gave their hearts to Jesus on that day well that makes me nervous I don't know about that But you weren't nervous going to the house of a guy named Spider. <laughs> hey, man, we're Spider. We're Spider. Orale, <laughs> man, we're Spider, yo. <laughs> yeah, you know, nobody... <laughs> You, and, and then you got money. You got, you're going to see a guy named Spider with a lot of money in your pocket. And you're afraid that God might use you, that you might be in a service where a lame person jumps up and walks. That someone might break out in a language they didn't learn. I'm, I'm, I will guarantee you this. Your, your money is safe if you if you in a place when people go, I mean, you might have to sow an offering, but, but that won't be because of the people. It's because of what the Lord's doing to you. But, well. <laughs> so we, we've, got to, we've got to let these things... We've got to let these things work in us what God intends for them to work in us. Do you, know, do you know what God wants those things to do? Do you know what God wants those things to do in us? He wants them to be signs. He wants them to be wonders to us. He wants them to be, we follow signs every day. Some of you follow the signs to get here. Some of you have never been here in this building before. 
And someone said, here's how you get there. And they told you how to get here. And they said, outside there will be a sign. Well, what does that sign tell you? Winner's Church. It's a sign. Somebody told me we look like a dispensary. I was like, amen. I hope somebody rolls up in here thinking this is heaven. Hey, yo, what they got over at Winner's? <laughs> I'm talking about drugs today. Someone must need deliverance. <laughs> I was delivered. Thank God. <laughs> so you can you can you see that uh, that we've we've got to we've got to take the right kind of attitude. The attitude that we need to have is the attitude of Peter. Peter wasn't like, all right, where's the hologram? Where's the projector? I know you're pulling my leg. I want to know how you did the trick. Let me see behind the curtain. Now, man, when the supernatural was manifested, he's like, Lord, it is good for us to be here. You know, you, you know what you need to say when you come into a spirit-filled church where the Spirit of God has the freedom to move and do all that he wants to do? It is good for me to be here. Amen. You know, when you bring people uh, to Winner's Church, you shouldn't bring them reluctantly thinking, man, I hope pastor don't get crazy today. You ought to be like, Lord, let it work today. Amen. You know, sometimes after we get saved, we have this idea. The very thing that, the very thing that provoked us to get born again, the very thing that God used to get a hold of us, we start resisting after we... I've, I've literally had people one time, and I, I hope sure you don't mind me telling one time, and, and I hope nobody reminds me telling this at all. I've, I guess I have nothing to fear if, if, if they don't listen to the podcast. But anyway, um, but someone once told me this about, so they said, Pastor, can you have Cherie not be so pushy? I'm bringing somebody to church. And... Um, you know, she just always gets in their face and she's always prodding at them, trying to, and I don't want her ruining it for them. I want the Lord to, to touch them and, and do something with them. And, and uh, you know, and I'm not sure that this person likes Sheree that much anyhow. She, that might be off-putting. I said, they, they, they said, am I wrong? I said, I, I said, can I, can I, I mean, are you, am I open? Am I open to speak to you clearly? They said, yes. I said, yeah, you wrong. I said, the flakiest person we had in this church won you to Jesus. I mean, this, this person, they got, they got, not only did they get saved under one of the flakiest people that was in a, you know, that we would consider flaky after, don't get me, because some of you are like, you got flaky people here. Flaky people everywhere. But I mean, one that someone would consider a little off-center. You know, you, know, you, know who I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know the people. They're just a little off-center. When you talk to them, you know, they got crazy eyes. They, 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 get up, they get all up in your, you know, in your personal space. And then when you try to back up, they just, they just keep coming close to you. You know, you're like, hey, man, just get the signals, yo. It, I'm, read the signs. Read the signs. 
But this, this person, this, she didn't even like this person. And this person won her to the Lord and took her out in her pool and baptized her. I said, this person that you now run away from because you're like, they're strange. They're the ones God used to get you in the boat. How quickly we forget what God used to reel us in. And to... Well, you know, I really get annoyed when Christians show up at my door. Yeah, but you know what? You didn't used to. Sometimes you used it as entertainment. And some of you, God used it to convict you. I was like, I got an idea. How about we let God do whatever he wants to do, send whoever he wants to send, let him use whoever he wants to use, and if we bring people to the church, let's let, let's let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Amen. Do you know what? That day, by the end of that, sir, do you know who was up there in the altar crying their eyes out and having an encounter with God? That person that that person had brought that was scared. And you know who was sitting next to her at the altar? Who had taken her to that altar? Cherie. And, and this person has, tear, has stained Cherie's shirt with their tears. And Cherie's there crying with this person and praying with them and excited that God is... Well, praise up. Am I, am I talking to anybody here? See, that's the thing about the extraordinary is that the extraordinary sometimes comes through unusual people in unusual ways. But just because it's unusual, well, shouldn't it be unusual if it's supernatural? Shouldn't, be, shouldn't it be out of the ordinary if it's extra? You know, when we start praying for miracles and for God to do something, what we don't realize is that we're asking. We're asking for the strange and the unusual because God doesn't work according to the ways of men. He works his way. And do you know what will happen if you don't start adjusting your vision to see, uh, to see what God is doing? You miss out on it because you're in the flesh. You miss out on it because you're too busy uh, being a... Uh, uh, you know, it's okay to be, you know what? It's okay to be skeptical as long as you remain teachable. There's some things that I see God do that I look and I say, Lord, that's weird. But if that's you, I want it. When God was pouring out joy. <laughs> When, the, when, the, when we were going to church and the Spirit of God was coming on people and they were getting what we call holy laughter. It's really, it's really just joy. And you know what? Some people had a problem. What's so funny is that people had a problem with people laughing in church. So much so that they called it the devil. We'd, we'd go to churches. There'd be people all over the floor just laughing and carrying on. And you'd look at them. You're like, what's going on? They'd be like, oh, <laughs> tears streaming down their face, just laughing away. And then some people say, well, I think that's the devil. I'm like, you think so? You mean the devil came to church, made everybody happy? 
I can't think of the last time. In fact, I can't think of one time that the devil came to church in order to make people happy. Oh, maybe in, well, maybe in some churches. But anyway. <laughs> but these people, were, these people were getting joy. Now, here's what's funny. If those, if those people had been crying, that same person would have been like, Ooh, Jesus. Mighty God. He's touching people. Look at them crying. My God. They'd have been up in a... Y'all hear me? Do you know why? In church, tears has become an acceptable form of expression. You can cry, slobber, snot. You can go on for hours. And you know what people will do? They'll come rub your shoulder. I God touch. They'll tell you what the Lord says. <laughs> Lord's telling me. <laughs> you're, you're going to make it. You know what I mean? But all of a sudden, it's a different expression. Comes from the same place. People are laughing. And it's the devil. Do you know, you know why that? You know why that is? Well, n- number one, it was extraordinary. It was, the, the joy that, would, that had come was from a supernatural source. They weren't laughing and joyful because everything was coming up roses in their life. In, in fact, I remember hearing uh, the testimony of a fellow by the name of Richard Roberts, Oral Roberts' son, and he was the president of the Oral Roberts University at the time, and I think they were $60 million in debt. He went to one of those meetings, and this old boy didn't have nothing to laugh about. They're about to lose that entire university. And he goes to a meeting and they tell him, they say, well, you know, there's a guy, he's been here and the anointing on his life, you know, it was joy. And so there's a lot of joy that's being, you know, that's being uh, handed out at our church. So don't be surprised if you get up and people start breaking out in laughter and in joy. Don't, don't get upset. He's like, well, okay. He said, he, you know, he didn't. I watched the video of him going to Carpenter's Home Church. I watched the video. He gets there, and, and, and Richard Roberts, he, he, he's, he sings somewhat. And so he was singing, you know that Italian song? Said, oh, sola mia. Well, he was singing some song. As a, a, they put some Christian words to it. He's like, oh, how I love thee, how I adore thee, you know, singing to Jesus. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of his voice, too. And while he's singing, man, people are rolling laughing. And in the middle of his song, he gets to laughing. And the joy hits Richard, supernaturally, the joy hits Richard Roberts. It hits him so strong, he drops his microphone, and he sits on the altar, and he's just sitting there just laughing. Pretty soon, he falls over, he rolls down the stairs, and that's the end of the service. That guy gets drunk in the Holy Ghost, gets filled with joy. Now, now, here's, now let me tell you the rest of the story. He goes, he goes, he goes to go to back, back to ORU, and the Lord tells him, the only way you're going to be able to deal with this debt is in in my presence the Lord said do not leave my presence so the Lord tell him get the get the board of directors together and tell them what I told you and so he he has been laughing for three or four days non-stop he can't stop he wakes himself up from sleep laughing 
Now, this old boy has no reason to laugh. Are y'all hearing me today? He has no natural, but see, that extraordinary joy, that joy like a river, that joy unspeakable and full of glory, that joy that we have that the world didn't give and the world can't. That joy has a supernatural source. Now, I know some of you are like, I don't believe that. Yeah, that's why you're miserable. But if you can ever believe if you can ever believe some of the things that you've said, like that God is a supernatural God, that God is a miracle-working God, that God does the extraordinary, that God goes and He does beyond that which we're capable of figuring out in the uh, reasoning of our... Well, it sounds like you're opening up the door to spooky. Well, if that's what you want to call the Holy Ghost, have at it. I'm not that disrespectful. And the very people that are scared of this at Halloween are going to go down to the warehouse, the haunted house, and go in there, and they're scared of tongues. They're scared of joy. Someone, if, if this whole place were to start breaking out in joy, somebody would be like, And all it is is joy and laughter. Richard Roberts laughed for three or four days. Got his board of directors together. He got him in there and he was laughing. And he said, fellas, (laughs) Lord told me that the only way that this debt's going to be paid off is if we get in the spirit, stay in the spirit. He said, so y'all need to belly up to the Holy Ghost bar and have you a drink of new wine. Amen. Get some joy. They got angry with him. Imagine that. Well, you know, in the natural, I reckon you would. You know, Peter, when he saw what happened with Jesus being transfigured, he thought, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And it may be the only thing like this that ever happens to me. This may be the most impactful thing that ever happens in my life. But you know what the voice of God said to him? After Peter said, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's set up an altar. Let's, let's make a place. The voice of God said, nah, this is my beloved son. Hear you. you know what God was saying? This is my beloved son. Hear him. Here's what God was saying. This is my boy and you ain't seen nothing yet. This is my boy, and this is just the beginning of happenings, of miracles, of signs, of wonders, of demonstrations. (laughs) That board of directors got angry at Richard Roberts. I've seen churches get angry. When, When the Spirit of God breaks out, I've seen churches get angry. I've seen people in church get angry when the Holy Ghost breaks out. When we were, you know, you know, uh, y'all know the story, Pastor Ben and I, we, we, we go way back. We went to his church when they were in revival in, in Antlers. Then he moved to Queen City and he started pastoring a church there. Do you know when that, when he started pastoring in Queen City, 
He went to a church, and uh, am I okay? Can, I, can, can you give me like three, three more minutes? Three Puerto Rican minutes, which is nine minutes. <laughs> when he started pastoring in Queen City, he called me uh, right after he got in there. He said, there's a spirit of revival over this church. He said, God wants to revive this church. I was like, awesome. He said, I don't, he said, I'm not, I don't, he said, God doesn't use me to bring revival. God uses me to pastor revival. He said, but you on the other hand, God uses you to get it to settle down in there. He said, so will you come? I said, absolutely. When do you want me to come? He said, give me three months to get things ready. And he said, uh, and, and you can come. Do you know what he did for three months? He preached the word. And then he, he this is what he would, I didn't know this. This is what he would tell his church. He'd say, now, he said, we have preached the word. He's talking to him about healing, miracles, demonstration. He talked to him about the manifestations of the spirit. He says, now, he says, we've talked about this. And we, he said, I know y'all have talked. It was a word church. He said, I know y'all have talked about this a lot because you're a word church. He said, but there cometh one in three months that is not just going to talk about these things, but you are going to see these things demonstrated in your midst. The sick will be healed. The bound will be set free. The lost will be saved. Miracles will happen. Demonstrations of the Spirit are going to take place. He said, it's coming. And they would listen to him. And I'm not sure that whether they believed him or not, but he was preparing them. He didn't tell me he was saying that. It would have made me nervous. But anyway... So three months later, we arrive. Now, let me tell you something. When, when, that pa when the guy that was pastoring that church before Ben asked him to come, do you know why that rascal asked him to come? Because that church was $80,000 in the red. Not $80,000 in debt. They were $80,000 of what they needed to pay right now to not lose property, to not lose, to not lose everything. They owed 80 grand right now. And this guy put Ben in there, and I, I totally believe this with all my heart because I feel like the Holy Spirit told me this. I think that guy asked Ben to come pastor that church because that guy didn't want to go down with the ship. And so he brought Ben, and he thought, better him than me because that guy didn't leave the church. He stepped down as pastor and he sat himself in the pew. He became the apostle over the house, gave oversight. And I'm going to tell you right now, he was going to let Ben take the fall for what this church was going to go through. What he didn't know. Come on. Is anybody hearing me right now? What he didn't know is that Ben didn't just talk about a supernatural God. That Ben didn't just preach about the extraordinary God that Ben actually believed that God could do the impossible and Ben knew some other people that believed it too I rolled in there Rick I rolled in there on a Sunday first thing I said made people mad in fact it wasn't it wasn't everybody it was just that pastor I said, the, Bible, the Lord tells me that y'all have been all about the Word, all in the Word of God, all in the Bible. And God says, you're about to get a crash course in the Spirit. Because you've been all about the Word, the Word, the Word. But you're about to have the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit poured out upon you in this place this week. Well, that guy, that old boy got his drawers in a bunch. He was mad. 
he's about to get even more angry, Anna. Because on Wednesday, on the first Wednesday night of that revival, notice how I said the first Wednesday. Because we ended up being there for seven weeks. But on the first Wednesday, this guy was already upset. He was already mad. People were starting to there were rumblings. People were getting touched by God. The Spirit of the Lord was touching people in a supernatural way. And on Wednesday night, they had had a box up toward the front of where they put prayer requests. Am I okay? Can I finish this testimony? I know I didn't get to Second Kings, did I? Again. See? It's okay, lad. They're they looking at me like, man, you blew it, bro. <laughs> it's in stereo. They're looking at me. It's stereo. <laughs> they had had a box of prayer requests in the front of the church. They were specific prayer requests. You know what they were for? Backslidden loved ones. Loved ones that had known the Lord and had fallen away from God. People that had known Jesus and had fallen away. And they put all their names. Everybody had written their names down. And, and people, I, I noticed that people on Sunday would walk over to that box and pray over that box. I didn't even know what it was until I asked Pastor Ben. He said, yeah, we've been praying for our loved ones, those that need God. On the first Wednesday night, the place was packed. Pastor Ben walked out. He said, I can't believe how many people are out there. He said, we hadn't had this many people on a Wednesday night. He said, I don't know that they've ever had this many people on a Wednesday night. And when we walked out, he started looking around. He says, my God. He came to me. He said, do you know who's here? I said, no. He said, nearly everybody whose name is represented in that box up there. He said, most of these people hadn't been to church in years. He said, God's up to something. I was like, well, you know it. Well, this guy, this, the, the old pastor there, his, his, by Wednesday, his drawers are in a nice big bunch. And he's gathered some people with him, you know, that are mad and angry because of the things that I'm saying. And it seems, you know, harsh or whatever. I don't know what it was they had, we were upset about. Well, I do, but anyway, they're just in the flesh. But he had a whole contingency of them, a whole row of them sitting there with him. They were all. Well, they didn't expect that all these lost people were going to come. I got up there. Isaac, I preached. And do you know, I gave the altar call. I said, listen, I'm not going to mess around. If you're here, you need to get your heart right with Jesus. You need to get down here now. Literally, people ran out of their chairs, slid into that altar on their knees, and began to cry out to God Amen. to save them. All those people in that box in one day, Rick, gave their hearts to Jesus. Supernatural. Supernatural. You now listen, you would think that someone who is the ex-pastor of that church, a minister of the gospel, would look at that and recognize it was Jesus. Nope, he's angry. Then I started, I, the Lord said, I'm about to heal someone of scoliosis right now. I said, ooh, God just gave me a word. Said he's about to heal someone of scoliosis. See, the Spirit of God's messing with me right now. God says he's going to touch this lady here. Amen. I don't even know who you are. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh. 
Spirit of God's going to be, you're going to leave out of here today. In your body, you're going to be made well. In your back, in your, in your shoulders, your hips, God's going to touch you today in the name of Jesus. But that was the Lord said scoliosis, uh, that there was someone there with scoliosis. And I said, I said, all right, Lord. I said, there's someone here with scoliosis. God's about to heal you. Well, the minute I said that, this woman started shining like a light. The Spirit of God was on her. I knew God was going to touch her. I said, you're the one. Well, she happened to be one of those ones that was with this pastor. Now, see, I didn't know all this stuff that was going on at the time with this guy. I had no idea. The Lord had hidden it from me. But here she is with the plugged up crew. And she's sitting right next to that old pastor. I think she was the main one that was like, I'm with you. And I said, God's going to touch you. And she stepped out. And listen, she was crooked even in her walk. She walked up there, tall lady, young lady. And I said, you have scoliosis and God's going to heal you. And she just looked back there at that pastor. I was like, don't look at him, look to Jesus. I said, throw your hands up in the air and close your eyes. She put her hands up in the air, closed her eyes. I laid hands on her head. The power of God hit her. She hit the ground on the floor under the power of God. And the Lord healed her completely of that scoliosis. And she got up off the floor healed by the power of God's spirit. And you know what? She got joy while she was down there. She was like, ha, 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 All the way back to her seat, she's going, I was like, let it out. You can blow the top of your head off. Let it out. <laughs> she went back to her. She went back to her chair. She's healed. Th that pastor, he's having, she's standing there next to him. She's like, she's looking at him. Rachel, I've never seen anything like this. She's looking at him like, what do I do now? I done got healed. <laughs> and he's like, he's looking at her like she didn't get healed. She starts bending over. She starts showing him. She's like. Man, that night, the fire of God hit that place. People begin to fall out on the floor under the power of God. People begin to get joy. And people, there were people there that had a problem with it. Christians. Believers. Maybe that's why only three of them were, were there for the transfiguration. Maybe the other ones would have been like, oh, come on, y'all. I know it's hard to look at and not to look. <laughs> I'm, I'm finishing up. I'm coming in for a landing right here. Spirit of God broke out. You, you want me to tell you what the Spirit of God's going to look like when He breaks out in your life? Not the way you want it to look. You know who the first one is going to be that has a problem with how God's moving when God breaks out in your life in the way that I'm talking about? You're going to have the problem. Because he's going to move to break all those things off of you that have hindered you up till now from receiving from him. And if he does that, guess what? You're going to have a problem with it. And you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to get over it real quick. You're going to have to be willing to say what those people on the day of Pentecost said. It's okay to look at it and say, what meaneth this? 
But once you recognize the Lord is at work, it's extremely important that you align with whatever it is that he wants to do. I don't care. Listen, some of you, your husband's going to look at you and, and, and look at you like you're nuts. Or your wife is going to look at you and look at you as if you're going to... Annie and I didn't get on board at the same time. There's plenty of times she looked at me like, have fun. <laughs> and then this last time when he worked with her and I was up here and she was all, listen, I never seen her like that. I'm like, dear God. I'm moving back her hair to see if it's really her. <laughs> she think I'm helping her out. She's like, thanks, babe, for the cool. No, mom, I'm just seeing who's, who is, what meaneth this? Some of y'all going to look at your pastor. You're going to say, what happened to him? Some of you going to want things to go back to the way that they were. I'm going to tell you something. This church is, is not about to keep looking the way that it looks right now. And you know what? We have a, a church. We have a revival church. But I'm going to tell you right now. What we have right now is not what God is about to deliver to us. What we're seeing right now is not about what, not what we're about to see. What we hear in the coming days isn't about, isn't about like, like, what, like what we heard before. Are, and guess what? You got to be willing to move off of the last place where you met God. You've got to be willing to see God in a way that you've never seen Him. Hear, in a, hear Him in a way that you've never heard Him and receiving him, him in a way that you've never received Him before. When God begins to move, when He really begins to move, He begins to challenge things in you that you were settled with, things that you were comfortable with, things that you thought you had it figured out. And listen, I'm going to tell you, when your pastor stands before you and starts telling you these things, let me tell you what the Lord told me. When, when that whole Asbury thing happened, you know what the Lord told me? He said, he said, son, you have officially become the last thing that I did. Remember I told you what the Lord, what it, the, the, the greatest hindrance to the coming move of God is the, the greatest enemy of what God's going to do is what God just did. The Lord told me when, when that thing happened, he said, you have officially become the last thing that I did. You know what that means? You know what that meant to me? That meant everything that I have known is out the window. Everything that I have relied upon, I can rely upon no more. Everything that I have believed about what God was going to do, I have to throw that out the window and I have to open up my heart to receive something probably that I've never seen and experience something in a way that I've never experienced it and probably meet with God in a way that I've never met with him. before. You know what I, I know what that means. I know that God, when he shows up in this hour, when he does what he's going to do, it's going to challenge the crud out of me and I have to be willing to either follow him or be like those that came ahead of me and reject what God is doing and miss out on the move of the Spirit. It is, it's very exciting. That's not bad news. Now, some places I go and I say that and they're like, oh, dear God, what's about to happen? I'll tell you what's about to happen. 
Jesus is about to show up. Transfigured in a different way than you've ever seen him before. He's going to be illuminated before your eyes. Amen. And he's going to change you and transform you and make you into something that he intended for you to be in the beginning. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people there's a lot of people out, and, and I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just telling you straight up. There's a lot of people that right now, they're like, oh, yeah, God's just, he's on the move and this and that. We're all in the same boat. We're all, we are all, all of us have been a part of what God did. There's not one preacher on the scene, not anybody that I know. That hadn't been a part of what the way that God. There's still people. Oh, let's have us a fire tunnel. I mean, if that's what the Holy Ghost tells us to do, we'll do it. But I'm going to tell you, it's not really that challenging. <laughs> Another fire tunnel. I mean, if that's really what you want to do. Another prophecy. Another person pulling you out to say, man, you should, the Lord just really impressed you upon my heart. Another person dragging you up to the front. Oh, honey, I, the Lord just really, I just really feel like you need to come up here. <clears throat> now, listen, some of you, God's about to rock you. He's about to come to your house in the way that you never, you never really wanted him to. He's about to get in. He's about to get in your mailbox and read your mail. Rick, you think that guy would? You you would think after seeing all that there would be repentance. When we came to church the next day, this guy's picture was in the foyer as being the former pastor. He had tapes and CDs and everything out that he was making available. His wife was the worship leader. They had equipment on the stage. Do you know when we came back to church the next day, they ripped their pictures off the wall. They hauled all of their merch out of the church. They took all of their equipment and pulled it off the stage in the, in the wee hours of the morning when no one knew, when no one was there, and they left a note saying, we don't agree with what's happening here. You know what? It's the best thing that ever happened to that church. Because in seven weeks, they went from being 80,000 in the red to being 80,000 in the black. They went from having a handful of people that would show up for church on any day, but on any time but Sunday morning to where every time the doors were open, people were in there worshiping and praising God with all of their might. People were finally seeing the word of God come to life. They weren't just talking about healing the sick. They were healing the sick. They were just talking about the miraculous miracles were happening. You know, we all got to come to that place. Some of you, I know some of you sitting there and you're thinking, oh, what a wonderful message. Praise God. No, it's a wonderful message till Jesus comes knocking on your door. And he starts ripping at those things. Amen. Those sacred things. Those religious cows. When those start getting slaughtered, ooh, son, my God. 
So what do you expect around here? Well, expect that when you come here, something that happens here uh, might offend you, might challenge you. You might leave here a little bit angry. There's been a time or two Gil left here a little perturbed. Right, right, Gil? And you, and, and you kind of felt bad about it because you was like, listen, I'm going to tell you something, brother. You ought, that ought to happen more often. Talisha, you, you and Talisha have similarities. There's one time I called Talisha. I was like, hey, Talisha, I was, I was just calling you. How you doing? She said, I'm good, Pastor. I'm like, well, I didn't get to talk to you after service. She said, yeah, I left. I was angry. <laughs> I was like, well, that wasn't the effect I was looking to have. She said, well, it wasn't you, Pastor. She said, well, it was kind of you. She said, but I wasn't mad at you. She said, man, you preach the word. She's, she's like, it was right. I was like, praise God. I said, well, why were you angry? She says, because I can't figure out why I can't keep doing just, I know it's the word, but why am I having so much trouble doing it? And I was mad at myself. I was like, well, man, how do I fix that? You know, I don't know how to fix that. I was like, well, I just want to encourage you, Talisha, keep coming. It'll be all right. You know, you know the truth. The truth will set you free, but it'll make you mad first. If you can get over being mad, you can get free. Amen. Say it all the time. It's true. We just have to keep persevering. Stand up so I know I'm finished. Oh, see, that was more than nine minutes, wasn't it? <laughs> that was an African three minutes. Not... Not African-American three men. That was an African three men. Well, yeah, it could be too. You know, you know Church of God in Christ still at there. Listen, they're still, they're still shouting. Yeah, there's a, yeah. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. There's some people just rolled into the parking lot. <laughs> Dude, I went and preached the Church of God in Christ in Houston, Texas. Service started at 7. They gave me the meeting at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. I'd preach at 9 o'clock. I'd be done 9, 9.30. There were people just getting there. In fact, the most of the crowd was just getting there. Pastor's like, you ain't done, are you? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Get here at 7 o'clock. I'm done. They never invited me back. <laughs> Much of what we've seen is what God did. That was what he did. We've witnessed it. We're witnesses of it. Thank God we saw it. But guess what? God's doing something extraordinary, something new that we're about to discover. And it's going to shake all of us, every one of us. Not one of us will be left unshaken. He's going to get after those things in your life that keep you from being everything, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to be got. I want to be gotten by God. Yes. Unlike some people, I hang out with some people. They don't they don't like correction. They don't like nothing. I can't even have lunch with them. Because if I say something, they went, well, you know, I'm, the Bible says. Well, you know, yeah, the Bible says this too. Yeah, but you know why? You know, they want to go back and forth. It's like, why do you want to have lunch with me? trying to find something to correct in me I mean look at my belly see the only problem with you correcting me there is you got the same problem you know so it's like I mean if you, you it's not hard you know, it's not hard 
find things to correct people about if you really tried. I mean, all you got to do is look people over a little bit. You can figure it out. Some people, they don't like correct. That's the thing with me. I want God to get me. Good, bad. I want him to get me. I want to be gotten by God. How about you? If I'm gotten by him, I've been gotten by the best. I don't want to be gotten by the IRS. I don't want to be gotten by a sexually transmitted disease. I don't want to be gotten by addiction. I don't want to be gotten by a gang shooting. I want to be gotten by him. And you know what? If that means that I face every fear I've ever had coming into the house of God. If 700 Pentecostal women with their hair stacked up this high with bobby pins come in here and when we start to when we start to sing they go to shaking. Woo! See that was that was church when I was a kid. And Pentecostal women would get to shaking. Boy, you're like, what's wrong with them? Bobby pins flying all over the place. She had to wear safety glasses at church. Their old hair. They had long hair. They'd swing that old head. That hair would get to heli helicoptering around it. It was like Indiana Jones's whip. They'd whip your eye right out of socket. <laughs> There's one pastor. His name's Tandy T. Roach. That was his name. Pastor Roach. We thought it was funny, you know, Roach. We thought he was, you know, Roach's. Sister Roach, his wife. She's in the old Pentecostal church. She put her hands up in that old Pentecostal church. She put her hands up, man. She get to jerking around like this. Man, as kids, we were scared. We'd get out, we'd get out in the churchyard. We'd be like, what happened to Sister Roach? One old boy's like, I don't know, but I ain't putting my hands up. I don't want Jesus to yank me around like that. <laughs> we thought Jesus was just yanking her around. Had we known better, we'd have thrown our hands up in the air. Amen. Now maybe you're here today and you're not serving the Lord with all of your heart. Maybe you're here and you're not... Maybe you've never been born again, or maybe you've been born again and you're away from God. You're not, maybe not being as faithful as what you need to be, and you know it. Listen, no one has to tell you right now whether you're living right for God. Do you know whether you're living right for God or not? And if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, if He's convicting you, there's no reason why you shouldn't want to get things straight with Him. If you're in this building today and you're number one, you're either never been born again or number two, you're away from God and out of fellowship and you need to get your heart right with God. If you're either of those two things, I want you to get out of your chair. I want you to come down here and stand with me and pray with me.
Is there anyone needs to get their heart straight with God? Come on. Come on, come. Come stand. Come on, come. Come stand. Is there anybody else? Is there anyone else? If you're here and you're not serving the Lord with everything that's in you, and he's piercing your heart with conviction, I want you to come. Come on, Rick. Praise God. Come on, come. Come stand. Is there anyone else? Thank God. I'm going to pray for your back too. Amen. It might be good now. We're going to pray for all the... We're going to pray for it all. Amen. I only assumed back because I was telling that testimony about the back. But when we pray, we'll figure it out. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Listen, I'm glad you guys came today. You know what? If I had to be where you're at today, a hundred times. If I was drawn to this place a hundred times, I would come a hundred times. In fact, I probably did. first time I went I knew it took but there were some things that didn't take so I was like I'm going back and I just kept going until everything began to fall off all those things that knocked me off course so today as we pray I want you to pray out of your head I want you to pray out of that place of passion that passion that you feel in your heart to want to surrender yourself to the Lord with everything that's in you Pray from that place, from that place of conviction. And I'm going to agree with you that God's going to do something with you today. Today, God's going to do something with you, and it's going to be extraordinary. This is going to be the beginning of miracles in the name of Jesus. Are you all ready? Let's pray together. I want everyone in this building to pray with us as we pray. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I need you, Lord. I need you today more than I needed you yesterday. I accept today your forgiveness. Today I receive the benefit of the price that you paid in your death burial and resurrection today I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior fill me Lord full of your spirit so I can live in victory from today forward in the name of Jesus thank you Lord thank you for saving me thank you for forgiving me Jesus name. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Now I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for each one of these that have come. Lord, I pray that your spirit would rest mightily upon them in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you would fill them to overflowing with your spirit. Lord, that the work that you've begun in them, 
Your word says that the work that you began in us, that you're faithful to complete it. And so, God, I thank you that this is a part of the completion process in the name of Jesus. Fill them to overflowing, Lord, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, Lord, that today the fire of your spirit is falling upon each of these. And Lord, that everything that they have need of, every need is being met in the nosa, in the name of Jesus. Fire. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost saturate from the top of his head to the soles of his feet in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let the fire. Let the fire of your spirit be poured out right now, Lord. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap for these that have come. Thank God. Thank God. Now, whatever, whatever it is that the Lord pointed out, because you said, now, let me ask you this. Do you ever have trouble in your lower back or in your hips? Oh. No, that's what you're... You'd like to have that. Ah. Now, see, I assumed back because when I'm talking about... Usually, the Lord started illuminating people. He illuminated you. And if that's what you want, he'll do it for you. Amen. I remember my, my wife and I, we were asking the Lord. And listen, we were, we were asking him. And it went a long time. And after it goes a while, you know, you get, you get kind of frustrated. Come here, Mama. Uh, it gets kind of, you get kind of frustrated, you know. And what was, a, what was an adventure becomes a job. I mean, I didn't even get no flowers. It's like, I'm ovulating. Let's do this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, baby, can't we like, can we watch Netflix a little bit? Or you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something. No, no. She's like, we, I got to go to work. <laughs> uh, it wasn't quite that bad, was it? <laughs> yeah. She's like, man, you exaggerate a little bit. But, but, um, but we're going to agree with you because the Lord, he, he, he did for us supernaturally what nobody else could do. And he's given us a grace. Nearly everyone in this church that has had trouble conceiving came and they were like, and God gave me a word for them. It was the same word. He's like, whenever you say the word, you say you want to be pregnant, God said, you say it, he'll do it. And he didn't tell me that with Ayla, but he said that with nearly all the, a couple of other ones anyhow. So let's pray, Mama, and let's ask the Lord to do this. Father, I thank you. Lord, you built you built women to carry children. <laughs> Her body's going to carry a child in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, I thank you that they are going to uh, that they are going to be fruitful in the way that you intended for them to be. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus that baby cometh as many as they want and maybe one extra in the name of Jesus. I don't know I'm playing, Lord. You know I'm playing, Lord. But Lord, <laughs> Lord, let them have as many children as they want. God, let their quiver be full. Lord, your word declares that children are a blessing from you. And so I declare whatever it is in either one of them that are affecting uh, the ability for them to conceive. We declare right now in Jesus' name, whatever it is, it's fixed. And God, I thank you. Then in Mosa, that the next report we're going to hear is a report of a baby in this in, in this. Uh, sister's womb and God I thank you I thank you that when she conceives your word declares that our vine will not cast its fruit in the field before its time she will carry that baby to full term she will not be afraid Lord she will not allow herself to become afraid of what people say Lord she's not going to hear all the nonsense that people are going to declare God she's just going to hear uh, that you have blessed her that you have blessed her with a child and that that child is a blessing from you in the name of Jesus we thank you for it Father in Jesus name Amen come on let's shout to God Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank God. Well, we received that. Amen. Amen. All right. Listen, I, I know I, I kept y'all extra long today. And, uh, but I, I, I do want to warn you. I think that when the Spirit of God goes to showing up, we may have. Now, I, this, this is going to sound crazy to some of y'all. There will be times we will get together and seven hours will sweep by and you'll think, my God. Honestly, you'll be like, this can't be. Listen, in seven hours, we're going to have to do some DoorDash. <laughs> I'm going to have to tag team with some people. I'll be like, tag, so I, so I juice up here. <laughs> But anyhow, listen, uh, open up your hearts. How many of you received this today? Amen. Praise God. We may be in the category of the last thing that he did right now, but we're open to the thing that's coming. We're not going to be like the children of Israel. That, that scripture in 2 Kings, you know what it talked about? Children of, to the children of Israel burning incense to that bronze serpent. It worked one time, and for 450 years they burned incense to that thing. We're not going to be guilty of burning incense to something that once worked. Amen. Let me tell you all something. Don't, don't be alarmed. But I have, I've canceled our outreaches for the summer. We will have one outreach probably for the summer, but the other ones, we're not going to do them. You say, Pastor, why are you doing that? Because something's changing. And we want to make sure that we're doing things not because we've always done them, we're not going to do what we've always done here just because we always did it. And God knows those, those, those outreaches mean the world to me. Y'all know it. There was nothing that I was more passionate about that I wanted to do in this church than to do those outreaches. But God is changing something. It's not that we won't do them, but they're going to look different than what they look. 
God's changing and shifting some things. And so let's, let's just be open. Let's be willing and let's not get down in the mouth like some in, in other parts of the world. Uh, don't, let's not do that. Amen. In fact, I, Gabe knew I would probably mention this, but I wrote a song yesterday. And it was, yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a little 70, 70s-ish. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's not our style as a church, but it's definitely a, was provoked because of what the Lord is telling me. And it's that scripture, therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness of joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. And so... I mean, it's just, that's been in my spirit. It's just been in my spirit. And so I, it was just rolling in me. I was like, I'm going to write a song. And he was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't think she, <laughs> I, got, I got it down and I didn't even think of the words really. And then that scripture came up in my spirit. But uh, we're probably not going to do it around here. It's not our style, but there's something happening. You know, in, in, in the, one of the first things that happens during revival is that God begins to birth spiritual songs. And that's what that was. It was a spiritual song. It came up out of my belly. And it probably mean more to me than it means to anybody else. But we, need to, we just need to lean into the Lord. Amen. All right, I'm going to turn you all loose. Uh, remember, if you want, if you're, if you're part of, of, your, if you're part of uh, temple ministry or you desire to be a part of temple ministry, Come over here with me just for a few minutes after sir, after we, we're done here. I love you. Go in his presence before you leave. Love someone because you do. Wednesday night, I'm here. I will see you guys here. I'm expecting the Lord to do great things here on Wednesday. And then uh, I'll see you next week. Uh, if not on Wednesday, I'll see you next Sunday. Uh, God's going to do great stuff. Amen. Amen. All right, go in his presence. Uh, if you want to do temple ministry, you're part of it. 